Don't live for earthly treasures. Live for the treasure that is to come. You have been given the kingdom of God, perfection and glory, the inheritance of Jesus Christ. That is what awaits you in reality the moment you die in Christ. He's like, live for that. Do not fear this world. Do not fear this earth. Do not live for ridiculous, empty pursuit of money and stuff. Good day and welcome back to Live in the Light. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and with me in studio is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And as we walk through our great series entitled One Thing, we're seeing distracted living go out and single-minded, purposeful living come in. And today in our message is about our treasure. And we're going to Luke 12 in a great passage, right, Robbie? A great passage indeed. Such an important text as we look at how do I simplify my life? One of the things we understand, Craig, in the world that we live in, one of the things that makes our life so complex is the overabundance of distractions in terms of materialism and consumerism and, and frankly, just the love of money and stuff and the temptation toward idolatry that's everywhere all the time. And the, and, and the greatest danger, as the Bible points out to us today, is when we are distracted by these worldly things, our heart runs after them. What we treasure is where our heart is found. And so if we don't treasure the Lord, our heart is not for If we treasure stuff of the world, our heart is after the world. So we got to say enough with the complexity. And I know you listeners like me, this is a daily battle. And this is when we need God's word to write our minds, to lead our hearts and to stir our affections once again to him who matters most and really to him alone who matters at all. So we're looking at one thing in our treasure uh, today through God's word and may it powerfully speak to you to release you maybe from a place you've been, you've fallen in the ditch. Hey, listen, time to get up, get back on your spiritual bike and run towards, ride towards Jesus Christ. All right. Well, trust that you are excited as we are excited to see God do a great thing in your life, in your treasure. Let's go right away to God's word and our teaching today. Luke 12, one thing in my treasure and here again is Pastor Robbie. Luke 12, verse 34. If you don't have a Bible, there's a blue one in front of you probably in one of the chairs. Um, you can take that. If you don't own a Bible and you would like to own a Bible sincerely, then that Bible can be yours, okay? You can take that blue Bible, and as you leave the church, no one's going to be like, hey, what are you doing with that Bible, all right? You can just take it, and uh, that can be yours, and praying that you'll use that uh, sincerely, all right? We have one verse driving this whole uh, message today, um, but it's a beauty of a verse. You guys ready? Luke 12. Luke 12, verse 34. Here we go. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The word heart here in the Greek, it's the Greek word cardia, 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 where we get our English word or forms of the word cardiac 
or like a cardiac arrest, or as in a cardiologist, uh, a heart specialist, or a heart surgeon. And I love that that's the words that we have chosen in our English language and where it's derived from, because God, again, is going to do heart surgery today. He loves that. What does cardia refer to when it speaks of where your treasure is? There, your heart, your cardia is also, it refers to the inner self. It's the most important part of the person in terms of volition or mind or desires. The heart of a person is really what defines a person. So we use this phrase um, all the time. We say, uh, that girl over there, she has a good heart, right? We say, that guy, he got dumped by his girlfriend. He has a broken heart, right? Or I like to say this and try to say it with sincerity, bless your heart, right? Bless your heart. We're not talking about the actual physical heart. We're not like, well, that guy has a broken heart because he dumped his girlfriend, his girlfriend got dumped, whatever. He, like, I'm not saying his heart's not working now physically, like it's not pumping blood. We're saying the essence of that person, that's what we're talking about. The heart shapes character. It's the heart within us, our essence, that forms our speech. Jesus said, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You reveal who you are inside by the words that you choose. It's our heart that determines the time we spend. And it's the heart, listen so carefully, it's the heart that follows that which we treasure. That which we treasure. Our treasure indicates our true heart. One of the fundamental things from today's text is you cannot separate, you cannot separate your heart from what you treasure. You cannot separate what you treasure from your heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Whatever you treasure, loved ones, that says, that tells me your heart. Whatever I treasure, that tells you my heart. What's your greatest treasure? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's jump in. Only one point today. Only one point because it's that important. Point number one. My heart will be shaped by what I treasure. My heart will be shaped by what I treasure. That's the one thing I want you to take away today. It's the one thing I want you to sit on all week. It's the one thing I pray that you will carry with you the rest of your life. My heart will be shaped by what I choose to treasure. And why is this so important? Here it is, ready? And I write this down if you haven't heard this before. Why is this truth so important? Because belief precedes behavior. Belief precedes behavior. What we believe determines how we behave. And see, if you understand that my heart goes what, where my treasure goes, or my treasure indicates where my heart is at, then you're going to stop and say, wow, this is a big deal. I want to treasure Christ because I want my heart to be where Christ is because you cannot love God and money. It's impossible. And if you've been believing that lie, get corrected in the truth. You cannot serve both God and money. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I stress the word there in verse 34. There will your heart be also. Also, you say, um, well, where's my heart? There it is. You're like, where's my heart? There it is. Where's there? It's wherever your treasure is found. That's where your heart is at. And that is why this series is just so important. Because why? Because it's a, it's a calling back. It's a calling back of the heart. It's a conviction of the heart. It's a moving by faith. It's believing by faith that this life is really all about one thing. It's really all about 
one thing. And how crucial this is because, listen, oh, how the heart is prone to wander. Amen? You get in a place and you think you're all there and you're fired up and things are going great. It only takes a couple of turns on the road of life and your heart is off on a different track. And you're like, where'd my heart go? It's with what you treasure. The heart is like a dog that gets off a leash. You know the dog that gets off a leash and runs away? Any dog lovers in the house? Jill and I wouldn't call us exactly dog lovers, um, but we're, you know, not against them for sure. A dog that gets off, a dog that gets off the leash is what so often they run away and they so stubbornly refuse to come back. True or false, right? And you're chasing them around. Last year we were in, or this year we were in Harvest Phoenix. We got invited to preach out there. I got invited to preach out there. And Bill Bornstein, the pastor of the church, he was going away with his wife Pam for a week. And so they let us stay in their place. Beautiful place. We're sitting in the backyard. There's some Arizona mountains there. And I remember, but the problem with us staying at the Bornstein's house is they had three dogs, okay? <laughs> Count them, three dogs. And for Jill and I not being exactly pet people, all right, three dogs was overwhelming. They were small, medium, and large, all right? <laughs> Those were their names. Just joking, just joking, all right? <laughs> but they were small, medium, and large. And I remember sitting out there with my coffee one morning, and they had Pedro. Pedro was the athletic, larger dog. And he was a good guy and stuff like that, but he was fired up, right? So I'm enjoying my coffee. Hey, Pedro, what's up? I watch Pedro. They have a six-foot high fence, or just about. He runs and jumps over the fence and escapes. <laughs> Did you just see that, Jill? You know what I mean? I was like... Oh, we're dead. We're dead. And then sure enough, here's Robbie out in the neighborhood trying to chase down Pedro, right? He's fast. He's fast. And what does he do? He lets you come right up to him and just the last minute, boom, he's gone, right? Never heard from again. Just joking. Just joking. Just joking. Just joking. Pedro, we were praying, oh, please, they don't pay a bill and pay him. They're going to kill us, you know, all this kind of stuff. Pedro jumps back in the yard somehow. I guess he wanted to be fed or something like that. Do you know that, do you know that your heart is like a dog off its leash? And if you don't leave, if you don't check your heart, it's gone. It is gone. I mean, we have to be so vigilant in this area because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's no doubt then why the very first part of the very greatest commandment in scripture is love the Lord your God with all your cardia with all your cardia, your heart, with your essence, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do you see how God wants to do heart surgery on us all the time? Today's another day where he's doing heart surgery. What you love determines what you treasure. What you treasure is the compass, is the compass of the heart. Here's a compass. This compass helps us find what direction to go in. And if I use it properly, if I want to find north, the compass will help me go in the direction of north. That's what compasses do. They point us in the direction that we want to go. It'll always take us in the direction that we choose again. If I were to take the compass of your heart, what's up, Wes? <laughs> if I were to take Wes's heart right now, and if I held it in my hand, it would point me. This is what's amazing. If I had his heart in my hand, it would guide me to whatever he treasures most. That's the reality of your spiritual heart. If we hold it in our hands, it will automatically and always take us to whatever you treasure most. Amazing. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I would pray that most people in this church, if I grabbed your heart, ultimately it would lead to the cross of Jesus Christ and a love for God. But the reality is, if we grabbed a bunch of hearts and it led us to your treasure, it wouldn't be going there. It'd be going to a bank account. 
It'd be going to the lust after women. It would be going to pride. It would be going to worldly pursuits. It would be what it just wouldn't be going to the Lord because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It is inescapable, loved ones. Face the facts. What you treasure becomes who you are. I want to put a verse up on the screen. Uh, Screen one, Psalm 115, verses four to nine. Listen to what this says. It says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. It's the, it's the holding up of God in his glory, how great he is. But now it shifts now to the focus on those who reject God and their idols. Listen to this. Their idols are silver and gold. The work of human hands. This is, this is so much worldliness and the things in our world that we're tempted to worship. And the reality is they have mouths but do not speak. Uh, eyes but do not see, it says. They have ears but do not hear. Noses but do not smell. Idols, they have hands but do not f- uh, feel. Feet but do not walk. They do not make a sound in their throat. Listen to this, the most important part. When it comes to understanding the reality of idols within our lives, those who make them idols become like them. And listen, so do all who trust in them. Do you see how profound that is? You become what you trust. If you worship idols, you become like that idol. It is terrifying to understand If you worship in the area of greed, you will become greed. If you worship in the area of lust, you will become that filthy, disgusting lust. If you worship over the temporary fleeting pursuits of pleasure, you become that temporary fleeting pleasure. Shocking. What we trust determines what we become. It determines where our heart is at. You know, the the United States, their official motto is, in God we trust. In God we trust. This first appeared on their two-cent coin in 1864. It was then ratified by Congress to become the official model in 1956. But of course, today, the far majority of Americans disapprove of this official model. Canada, our official model is uh, from sea to sea, based on Psalm 72, verse 8. He may, God may have dominion from sea to sea. Both of these nations founded on and having a model. I think Canada's model has now uh, been changed, of course, because we can't have it relating to anything that speaks of God. And so, but what you find here is both these nations founded upon the sovereign trust of a sovereign God. You see, you become what you trust in, and of course, That's not really happening anymore for the U.S. or for Canada. And we will now become what we choose to trust in as a nation. How much more, how much more for the heart of a person? You become what you trust in. If you want to be fashioned by God and shaped by God above all else, you must love the Lord with all your heart, with all your heart. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's, let's return to our main text in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 32, in the context of our key verse. Verse 32, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches or no moth destroys. Then he says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Notice what Jesus is asking of his listeners here. He is asking for faith. You're like, faith in what? Because you have to see here with wisdom to understand. He is saying, first he he says, um, have faith in the treasure that is to come. 
Do you see that in verse 32? Faith in the treasure that is to come. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure. Let's just stop right there for a second. The Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Okay, hey, loved ones, look right here. Look right here. If you're in Christ, man, God loves you so much. He loves you so much. And he has loved you so much. He sent his his son to die for your sins. And his son was raised from the dead that you too might walk in newness of life. And the father loves you so much. He has promised. And listen, it is his good pleasure. See that? It is the father's good pleasure. He delights in what? Giving the kingdom of his son to his children. Unbelievable. See what Jesus is saying? Don't live for earthly treasures. Live for the treasure that is to come. You have been given the kingdom of God, perfection and glory, the inheritance of Jesus Christ. That is what awaits you in reality the moment you die in Christ. He's like, live for that. Do not fear this world. Do not fear this earth. Do not live for ridiculous, empty pursuit of money and stuff. He says, live for the kingdom that has been given to you by his good pleasure. He loves you so much. He has delighted in giving you his kingdom. And now he says, live for me, he says. Like, what are you doing living for self? What are you doing living for the world? And he goes on to say, have faith in what is to come, the treasure to come. And this also here, have faith in the generosity for the present. You see, so if you believe all your riches truly are in eternity with Christ, well, then that makes verse 33 really easy. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. That's not indicating take all your possessions and sell them. Then the whole Christian church will be one big burden on society. Is it okay to own a pen? No, sell that too. We have not. I mean, Obviously, that's not what it's saying. It's the generosity of the heart to say, when you focus on eternal treasures, I have faith that I'm to be generous right now because nothing I have is mine anyways. What does this mean? It means do not gorge, give. Do not hoard, but hold lightly onto that which God has entrusted you with. And so we love to see the person who believes in generosity for the present, they have an a light grip on what they have. I was going to say what you have. It's, it's not ours. It's God's. And it, there's a light grip. And so as the Holy Spirit blows and goes, and you see something leave your hand into someone else's, truly in Christ, you're like, sweet, God has used that again. Someone else is blessed. Who cares? I mean, that, that actually can happen as opposed to mine. Don't gorge, give. Don't hoard, hold on to lightly that which God has entrusted to you. So Jesus says here, Jesus says, have faith in the treasure to come, have faith in generosity for the present. And then he says this, have faith in eternal fruit. Verse 33 again, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches or no moth destroys. All right, personal inventory time. Think of all the time, energy, and resources we spend trying to protect our earthly treasures. Just think about it. As the saying goes, the more you own, the more it owns you. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. More time, more more trouble spent trying to protect it all. Now, I read this week, um, people in North America spent 50, 50 50% of their waking time thinking about money. And this, all this, the Bible tells us, thinking about that, which notice in verse 33, will not last, will fail, and will ultimately be destroyed. That's foolishness. I'm living for that. That will not last. 
that will fail and will ultimately be destroyed. Oh, that sounds good. Sign me up. But see, we do that all the time. Jim, Jim Elliott said this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let's just do a spiritual timeout here for a second. Right here is the moment of biblical wisdom. The Bible is so utterly clear. Biblical wisdom. We have the fool compared to the person of true wisdom. The Bible is saying, if you live for earthly treasures, it is foolishness. You cannot win. It will not last. You see, but our flesh convinces us every single day, now is most important. Earthly treasures, that's what I need. It's all about today. It's all about achieving a high level of success and financial blah, blah, blah. And we're so convinced it's about today. Jesus goes out of his way to say, it's not about today. It's about the time to come. Again, it's the upward call. It's the prize. It's the reward in heaven. So biblical wisdom looks at Luke 12 and says, why then would I live for that which will only burn? Why then am I so greedy for that which I cannot win with? Biblical wisdom says, well, then of course I need to live my life according to the truth that the only treasures that matter are eternal are in heaven with Christ. You see that? You see that? You have to convince yourself of this truth to live in a different manner. Because here's the reality. A lot of us say, oh yeah, yeah, right, right. Oh yeah, right. We go home today and we live for earthly treasures. See, hearers, not doers. The people who get it change their lives accordingly. The exhortation now goes positive. He's like, do gather for yourselves eternal treasures in heaven. Why? Because they don't grow old, they will not fail, they can't be stolen and never be destroyed. That's a pretty good investment guarantee. Eternal treasures. It's a no-brainer, really, but it takes what it takes. Faith. See what Jesus is doing? He's like, faith in the treasures to come, faith in generosity, faith in eternal fruit, and this, faith in single-minded devotion. Back to our one thing for today, verse 34. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, we're coming up against today one of the greatest um, forms of bondage for the heart, greed. In our society, it's greed. It's money, it's stuff. So what's one of the most practical ways to fight against this greed, to fight against this longing for stuff? One of the greatest and most practical ways of fighting against greed, distraction, hard-heartedness is giving. It's giving, of course it is. It's giving, it's generosity. Financial giving is so powerful because it fights directly against self-centeredness, self-indulgence, and self consumption. Remember from our study in 1 Timothy, in 1 Timothy 6, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is devastating to the soul. I mean, just look up at a few verses, Luke 12, verse 13. Luke packs in some good stuff here. Luke 12, verse 13, the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, to Christ, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me, focused on money, focused on stuff. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Notice what he says, verse 15. And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Okay. You have to understand how profound that verse is. Our whole world shouts out every day. Your whole life consists in the abundance of your possessions. 
It's the exact opposite. Jesus is like, take care and be on guard. Be like a goalie, uh, keeping the puck out of the net all the time. Be vigilant, guard your heart, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. He's being blessed. He has so much. He says, I know, I'll do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Sound familiar? Most people's desire of retirement is right here. Right here. Just my whole life is made so I can just store up stuff and eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, verse 20, fool, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. See, if you're rich towards God, this means you love to give his money away because you know he gets that glory and you understand and believe that heavenly treasures await. And we talk about financial giving and often the question comes up and rightly so, how much should I give? What's a healthy detachment of my heart from money? I was gonna say your money, but it's not your money to begin with, it's God's. What's a healthy detachment of my heart from money? Three principles, three principles here to create a heart of health regarding wealth. Three principles to create a heart of health regarding wealth. Principle number one, give sacrificially. You got to give sacrificially to the work of God. In 2 Corinthians 8, the Macedonian church gave, quote, beyond their means. This, quote, they overflowed in a wealth of generosity. The early church in the book of Acts, such an obvious a level of sacrifice, um, such an eagerness to give. It's so exciting to read that. Again, they held so lightly that which wasn't theirs anyways. A great understanding, if, if you know if you are giving sacrificially, your giving should hurt. Your giving should hurt. And what I mean by that, when you're giving faithful to the Lord, there's always a place in your life where you can say, I could do this, but instead I've chosen to forsake that in order to give to what God has me to give. That's, that's sacrificial giving. If Sacrifice must come at a cost, right? So the person who gives a lot, but out of their abundance, big deal. Like, so what? It doesn't, doesn't cost them anything. There's no hurt in their life. Anyone can do that. Right? And that's what Jesus talks about giving sacrificially, giving to the place where you actually hurt in a sense. And that's what is so exciting. Second principle is this give generously. Give generously. Second Corinthians 9 6. Okay, listen very carefully. Here's faith. Ready? Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. This is faith. Listen. God blesses generosity. God simply blesses the generous heart when it comes to giving of what God has entrusted to them. How does God bless? He decides. But this is a guarantee. The generous heart gets blessed. Just gets blessed. Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, one gives freely and grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give, but only suffers want. Put God to the test in this area. You see if you can outgive God. 
You see if you can be too generous with the Lord and you see how he provides for you. You see how he blesses you and doesn't mean he's going to necessarily, he will take care of your needs without a doubt. He promises that. And he hasn't promised he's going to make you rich. He promises you'll be spiritually rich. That's what he promises, that you'll be blessed in joy and fulfillment and satisfaction. And with the person who does not give, I mean, one of the ailments, even in this room right now, whoever's listening could be, you're not giving anything. You get all these issues in your life. That could be the very reason. Whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. How come my life's not where it should be? Well, maybe because your heart's not generous. I mean, there's no question where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's no question. And so, so often it's the most basic thing. Well, duh, of course life's going to stink in the way you look at it because you're not willing to give what is God's to begin with. Give sacrificially, give generously. This, give cheerfully. This is so important. Give cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as made up his mind, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, so this is so key. It's, it's, it's not to be those like, oh, fine, I'll do it. It's supposed to be, I am glad to do this because I have by faith that God blesses and loves a cheerful giver. You know, it's not mine. You're listening to Live in the Light with Robbie Simons. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's all for today, listeners. Join us again next time here on Live in the Light.